Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're doing well and taking care of yourselves after what has been another really tough week. And tough probably isn't even the right adjective for many women living in the United States. I think devastating is probably more accurate. But I've found that this week and like most weeks, it's just so important to be able to take time for yourself to unplug from the media, from social media, from all of the madness going around with Supreme Court and COVID and, you know, craziness in your own lives and take some time for yourself to protect your inner peace. You know, this week has been tough for my inner peace. Uh, I've shared with you guys before that I have a diagnosis of uh, primary ovarian insufficiency, which leads to premature menopause and many other things. And to treat what I am dealing with right now, I have to be on birth control. And the birth control that I've been on for the last number of months is having, it's not working so great. So I switched birth controls and some interesting side effect (laughs) I've been having is I started having panic attacks this week. So I don't know if anyone else has ever, uh, with a history of anxiety, has ever had switches in birth control or hormone changes, and it led to drastic increases in anxiety. But if you have, I would love to hear from you and what you did to remedy that if you it just got better after a few weeks, or if I just I don't know. (laughs) But it's, it's been tough. But I promise it's going to be a good episode. I have such a wonderful guest, Hannah Brown. And we really dive into this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But again, if any of you guys have advice around hormonal changes and anxiety and panic attacks, uh, I am all ears at this point. (laughs) Anyway, um, a few thoughts uh, from this week on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh my goodness. Um, I am really enjoying Sonia finding her voice. She definitely can't stand Drew. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's almost fun to watch someone just completely lose it on someone else just for being simply annoying. I don't know. Um, And I really appreciated when Sonia got up and screamed, I'm a four-time Olympic gold uh, medalist, put some respect on my name. I mean, if that isn't a read, like, these women should respect her for that. And they don't need to talk down to her. And she is more well known than many of them and certainly more than Drew Sedora, who I just find endlessly irritating. But I'm loving to hate her. I'm not hating to hate her. So appreciate that she's there. And I feel like we're getting so much from Marlo this season. She's really opening up about growing up in foster care, talks about her foundation, Glam It Up. And it really explains to me her obsession with materials and with brand name clothing and accessories for someone that didn't have a lot of possessions that had to carry her used clothing around in trash bags. I can understand why she has such a deep attachment to her material items and why she wouldn't want to give other foster kids even gently used clothing. Although I think Candy was definitely coming from a good place. And then of course, the call that she had with her nephews to their mother, who is currently incarcerated and dealing with some severe mental health issues, um, was absolutely heartbreaking. And, you know, her sister isn't able to be released from prison until she completes an inpatient mental health treatment program, and she refuses to do so. So she's sitting in prison where she's not getting adequate mental health care. And it's just so hard because sometimes mental illness can make people very, very mean and not act like the personality that you know that they are. 
And that can be just so heartbreaking. And I know that she's trying to be strong for those boys because they need their mother. But at this point, she knows that she also has to protect them. And and she can't. She can't protect them from everything. And and so to have them have to witness their mom being that way on that call must have been so difficult. And it seemed like Marlo was really, really trying to hold it in. And then when she said, okay, we're going to cry for this period of time, and then we're going to like get it together, you know, that felt to me, I don't know, like a, a good, like a good way of, of handling it because I know I've taken that with me this week. Like, okay, I'm going to cry. I'm going to sit outside and I'm going to cry for like five minutes and then I'm going to get my ass back together and I'm going to make myself some lunch because I haven't eaten today and I need to take care of myself. (laughs) Just, you know, it's when you're dealing with tough stuff. um, But that's been, it's been really enlightening watching that part of Marlo. At the same time, I'm not really enjoying her going after Candy and Kenya so hard. I feel like it's not as authentic. She's not that pissed at them. She's just trying to find a reason to fight with them for the camera and for the show and to bring drama but it just it doesn't feel as authentic to me and and that part I don't enjoy as much um I have not gotten to watching this week's Dubai I plan on doing that this coming Sunday so while you guys are listening to this I will probably be laying on the couch catching up on Dubai and Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip I caught the first 45 minutes of Ultimate Girls Trip I think it is absolute chaos. It's just totally insane. And it reminds me why I don't like Vicki Gunvalson, because she is a miserable bitch. And it's different if she would show like the fun parts of her. And I know that we're seeing her like immediately post breakup. But it's so hard to watch someone who when they're miserable, they want everyone else around them to be miserable. And that they she knew something was wrong in that relationship, yet she held on to it for like 13 months. I don't know if there is another housewife or housewife past that is as buried their head in the sand as Vicki Gunvalson is with men. She did it with Brooks and the cancer stuff and all of the evidence was there. And it wasn't even just the cancer stuff. It's how he treated her daughter, just a bunch of different red flags with him. And she just sticks her head in the sand in, in just and then she's so infuriated when people bring things up. And the only other person I can think of is Teresa, but at least Teresa appears to be happy in her relationship with Louie and forthcoming marriage. Vicky never actually seems happy in her relationships. She's just trying to convince us that she's happy. And this Steve guy living in Mexico in her condo without her and not having sex with her? Like, this is nuts. It's absolutely crazy, okay? Um, I am absolutely living for Ava and Phaedra. I'm like, why did Ava ever leave Real Housewives of Atlanta? Could we get her back? I'm even wanting Phaedra back. Oh, they are just so delightful on the show. And such they bring such comedic relief. I am so excited to binge it tomorrow and just you know, take some time for myself, try to prevent future panic attacks. (laughs) Maybe I need one of those extended release Xanaxes that Erica Girardi keeps taking along with her antidepressants and plenty of booze. We definitely get into that in this week's episode. My guest this week is Hannah Brown. She is so hilarious. You probably know her from Instagram and TikTok. She has a Gossip Girl podcast called You Know You Love Us, and she does my favorite impressions of housewives and other Bravo celebrities. So we definitely get to that at the end of the episode. We have such a good time. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. If you have any constructive criticism, my DMs are open. You can reach me at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter or Instagram. And if you've had any experience with panic attacks while switching birth control or changing different hormone doses definitely share that with me. I very much appreciate it. I also appreciate you guys listening. I 
I'm so excited that I am almost at my 200th episode, which is going to be a special episode on Housewives Nostalgia coming next week. And um, thanks for letting me have a space to talk to you guys about what's going on in my life and in the world around us and also a place where we can laugh. And I think during these difficult times, um, you know, and where you feel like there's a lot of unrest in the world, it's so important to protect um, your mental health and your peace. So I hope you find some laughter today, and I, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. We'll take a quick break and then back with Hannah Brown. Hi, everyone. I am here with Hannah Brown, who is one of my favorite people on Instagram. She was also recommended by many of you listeners to come back on the podcast, especially because of her hilarious housewives impressions. Although I am in, I'm sort of partial to her Lala Kent impression. So <laughs> which we will have to uh, visit later in this podcast. But how are you doing, Hannah? Mandy, thank you so much for having me. Listeners, thank you so much for requesting me. That makes me feel very cool um, and not like the chuggy millennial that I am. Um, but thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be back. Oh, I am too. Um, I'm just glad you're here. And especially this week on Beverly Hills, because I know you've sort of kind of stepped away from some of the Bravo stuff, but you are in it with Beverly Hills. And we are here to talk about what I think was one of the best episodes yet of the season. And I feel like there's so many interesting dynamics going on. And I definitely want to get yes. your take, but feel free to impersonate any of these women throughout the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. I will... I will try and here's, you know, can I tell you something, Mandy, that's like not likable and like, I'm fully ready to talk about this episode with you, but this is something I've realized about myself. And I think it's because I've officially like two years later than everyone else become obsessed with TikTok. I'm not great at watching shows anymore because my attention span is like a Gen Zer. Like if y'all follow me and you ever DM me, you'll notice that I respond very fast most of the time. It's because I live on Instagram. It's because I can't get off my phone. So watching these shows, I usually have to do two viewings one so I can just be on my phone and like meditate and then the second to actually like absorb what's going on which I've done in preparation for this that's so interesting that you like mentioned that because I have a similar problem but with like Twitter and doom scrolling mm. is my issue <gasps> yeah so it's not even like I'm posting or engaging I'm just reading the worst possible takes and the worst possible things over and over and over including by people who I think are quite reputable which which makes it scarier. So yes. um, my therapist introduced me into how you, well, first of all, how to use my iPhone 101, which I like, don't know, which is that you can set time limits on your phone that will tell you to stop using the app and it will shut the app and it will make the app go into like the background of your phone. So it'll tell <sighs> me like, Mandy, you have hit your like 45 minute limit on Twitter today. And then of course, you know, I go log on on the computer. <laughs> you say, you if know, I'm, iPhone, you will not tell me what to do. If I'm <laughs> truly down in a bad mental space and I'm like trying to track the BA4, BA5 variant and, you know, mm -hmm. what's going on with COVID, which has been my sort of uh, like anxiety focus of the last few years. But there's plenty yes. to be anxious about. And so, of course. you know, it's it's also interesting to watch when the housewives talk about their anxiety, too. It's fascinating. Yeah, it really is. I I don't know how I would be able to physically handle and emotionally handle not just taping, but watching it back must be excruciating. It's like actually my nightmare. <laughs> totally. Like I, I look at like, especially like the darkest seasons of Vanderpump Rules, like my server days, I was like such like a goblin of a person. Like I'm, I worked through a lot of that shame, but like I did some fucking cringy stuff when I worked in restaurants. So watching Vanderpump Rules is particularly triggering because I'm like, ooh, goo. Like the idea, if someone had gotten that on on tape and people could make fun of me on the internet until the end of time. I don't have the skin for it. I don't know how they do it. And I don't have the stomach for it. Like I get nauseous when I'm anxious. I get, 
I get anxious ass is what I call it. Just <laughs> diarrhea <ass>. everywhere. <laughs> it's so it's so true. Okay. So I've got a lot of questions lined up for you. Um, but yes. first is sort of where are you with Beverly Hills? How are you finding the season? How are you finding it sort of in its trajectory since the beginning? Like, do you mm-hmm. feel like it's back in its heyday? Like, how are you feeling about it? Thank you. That's such a thoughtful question. Thank you so much for asking me. I I think the early seasons were lightning in a bottle. So I think to compare, and honestly, with every Housewives franchise. So I think it's unfair to compare this current iteration to like season one, like chaos. Okay. But I will say, I do think it's definitely back. There was that weird dip of like four years, perhaps maybe, you know what I mean? Like the, um, the puppy oh, what's gate. her name? The puppy gate. Yeah. All that. I mean, like, I loved Eileen. I don't think Eileen was the weak link, but like there was, I feel like after that season where Brandy threw the wine on Eileen, I feel like then we hit this like weird like plateau. And now I feel like this season, now that the, the heat's not on Erica as much, it does feel like to me, almost like Roni adjacent. We're like, yes, we have drama, but there's also some like goof troop hijinks that I like, like, like Erica blacked out on the boat. I know we'll get there, but like, I thought it was hilarious, like, the visual of her, like, peeking out from under her hat, just saying random things, like, Kermit the Frog. I mean, I'm making things up. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, just interjecting nonsense into the conversation. And where are you with the newest housewife, Diana Jenkins? Okay. I don't fully know. I love I love a housewife that has fuck you money. So that's very fun to watch. Like, yes, show me your hands so iced out and Cartier that it's like blinding. Like, I love that for her. Does that make sense? Like, I just I'm not like, yes, she's so fabulous. I love her quippy one liners because she doesn't really give us that. And sometimes the things that she chooses to get like bent out of shape about, I'm like, okay, like Sutton might not be a real vegetarian. I don't know why. Like, you're wigging out about that. Like, let's prioritize. Right. Right. It's it's very odd to me why she seems so focused on Sutton and Garcelle. She's just yeah. doesn't like them. And she I think it's because they aren't kissing her ass the way she's used to people kissing her ass. Right. Yeah. I um, mean, like when mm-hmm. she said that, like, Sutton is a liar because she eats bacon, like she's insinuating, like, well, you've lied about this and you've lied about this. And what else are you like? I was like, OK, I don't think it's that deep, ma'am. I think bacon controversial opinion is delicious. (laughs) Sometimes Sutton likes to have a little piece. One piece a day on vacation. Let her live. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's get to, well, okay. Before we get to the drunk boat, I want to get your take on the conversation that Sutton Garcelle and Crystal have over breakfast together. So before they head on the boat, They're having Mm -hmm. this conversation and Garcelle is asking what I find to be really important, intriguing questions to Crystal saying like, Mm -hmm. well, you just said you held on to that. Like, why do you hold on to things? And she says, I hold on to them and I wait so that I I can process them internally and internally resolve it. But it comes out, things come out when I don't expect it because Mm -hmm. I'm holding on to things and have not processed them. And Garcelle's like, ah, like, I get it now. Not everyone processes things the same way. And and then Sutton points out, well, this is why people may think you're manipulative, because you bring things up that right. other people have gone past, but you haven't yet processed. And because you haven't processed, you kind of have verbal diarrhea a little bit reflexively, uh, because you're just holding on to so much. Right, right. Like it all just comes to a head. That was, I liked that scene. And I, I really, to be honest, don't even fully understand why Sutton and like Crystal were fighting. Like that like went fully over my head. Like I know Crystal brought up what Sutton might have said, whatever. But like, I felt like that storyline was just felt kind of forced to me. So I'm happy to see that like we're past that and it's resolved and it's not like a loosey juicy apple goosey thing that's going to go on and on for like the entire season. Um, and I also think Garcelle is like carrying this season. I think she's doing terrific work. She'll say shit. She's not afraid to like bring it up and be like, what about that? Or like, that's not what you said. And then her face when like someone's clearly lying is hilarious. Like she has great like reaction expressions that I enjoy. Um, Yeah. I mean, I also understand where Crystal's coming from because I've totally done that where it's like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'll just figure this out on my own. And then like two years later, you're still like hurt about something and you're not really giving the person involved the benefit of the doubt because 
you never even told them that they hurt you and they didn't, you know, fucking know. I don't think people are going out of their way to like twirl their evil mustache and like fuck with you. Usually people are just like, oh shit, I didn't realize that that's, you know, like Dorit, I can be long winded, but, <laughs> but, um, I understand where Sutton's coming from too, because I'm like, yeah, like Crystal, you're not, it's not really fair to the people involved if you're hanging on to things and then you use it as ammunition like later on, because that's so like, you know, blindsiding someone is, you know, it doesn't often go down well. And I, what I was saying was nine times out of 10, like no one's going out of their way to fuck with you. No one's going out of their way to like twirl their evil mustache and be like, I'm going to ruin your day and say something to fuck with you. I think usually people just are living their lives doing the best they can. And if something hits you the wrong way and you're like, well, hold on, you kind of owe it to that person, in my opinion, to whether it's in the moment or even like a few days from now or whatever, if you need time to process to be like, hey, is that what you meant when you said this? And I feel like a normal person would just be like, oh, my gosh, no, I'm so sorry. Right. And I I think Garcelle really uh, hit the nail on the head with Crystal when she was mm-hmm. like, well, people process things differently. And the way yeah. that you're expected to process things and move forward in Housewives universe is different than in the real world, right? In the real world, right. you have like some space and time between when you see someone again. But what's interesting is I think they keep accusing Crystal of holding on to things for too long, but they held mm-hmm. on to all of their issues with Lisa Vanderpump and with Denise yes. Richards and never brought up to Denise, at least that we saw on film, why they were frustrated with her, which is that they thought that she was being paid more to do less and wasn't showing up and wasn't really present during filming. And all the mm-hmm. things with LVP, they would try a little bit or they would mention like she's a sniper from the side. She gets right. other people to do her bidding. But th- it took until I don't know how many seasons for them to finally bring it up to her face. Right, right. And that's that's like and I've seen, you know, conversations on Instagram, like, you know, defending Crystal, which I completely agree with, which is like, you guys, what the fuck? Like, you're going to corner Crystal and tell her that she's manipulative and that, you know, she uses words that are too harsh and that she doesn't actually mean what she's saying. Like, I do feel like they gang up on her quite a lot. And I think she's overall really good at like holding her own. And I feel like, yeah, it's just got to be being Crystal has to be hard, even though she's married to the guy who directed The Lion King. It's not all diamonds (laughs) and rosé. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. So then, then later that day, they go on a boat and it's a, it's basically a yacht, but it's not a big enough yacht for Diana, right? But they go on, and yes. I think Dorit and Erica have been drinking that morning and are definitely drunk. But Erica points out early on that she's also medicated. She's taking mm-hmm. two different kinds of antidepressants and extended-release Xanax. She mentioned that. And it it caught my attention because I once took extended-release Xanax during a period of anxiety, and I didn't have a good reaction to it. And then it would come in waves where it, like, would oh start. Gosh. Like, oh, my God, it was the worst feeling. <laughs> you couldn't escape it because you're like, when's it going to release again? <laughs> Oh my God, it's terrible. Terrible. And so... Being an unpredictable drug. Yeah. And so being drunk on its own is a very different thing from being drunk and combining it with medication, both in how you act and how you feel and what it does internally in your body. Both can be very damaging, but it's really scary to take like that amount of drugs, especially when you're new to taking them, and then to drink that much. Yeah, Erica was, she was playing with fire for sure. I mean, look, I've taken like one Zanny in my life. And I like remember being like, okay, I cannot drink tonight. I don't want to like die. And even that one Zanny, like best sleep of my life. Okay. But yeah, the thought of literally like, like raging, like, like drinking margaritas with a pill. And this isn't like a judgment to anyone who does that. I just like, when I think about it, I get like dizzy and stressed. And I think she got dizzy, but not stressed. (laughs) No, she was vibing. She was getting her life. I will say, you know, I am not a fan of Erica at this point in things. um, But I will say she was fun to watch in this episode. Like, I thought it was, you know, silly. And I think the reason she was fun to watch was because she was finally unfiltered in what she was saying. And we've never seen her be unfiltered. So it wasn't necessarily fun to watch someone potentially be showing, like, problems of... Exactly. You know, all that. It was just we finally get to hear her say her real thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So the yacht that her and Tom Girardi had was called the Illegal. Like as an <gasps> eagle. Like illegal. Oh my God. How? Oh my I I could not I, I just froze when it came on the screen. I'm like, she's saying this. You can't make this shit up. You literally you can't. can't. It's so cringe. Also, like, wait, sorry, you go. No, I just, well, the other thing I thought was cringe is how much she talks about sex, almost as if she's a teenager or young adult that's, like, just experienced sex and group sex and things for the first time, asking, like, really odd sexual questions of others at a time where no one else is having that conversation. (laughs) Yes, I know. It it was so heavy-handed. It's like... I always say, like, if a guy goes around saying, like, he has a giant dick, like, then I have to question it. And I do, like, it's overcompensation. And so I feel like it's kind of something like that, where Erica just, like, it, like, really wants to, like, sexually get her life. And, like, maybe perhaps isn't as much as she wants to, but, like, is overcompensating by just, like, talking about getting dick down all the time. But it's not just that. She was like, Crystal, if, like, two guys showed up in an Uber to you and Rob, you know, and then I think Crystal's reaction was, well, what kind of Uber? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a good question. Are we dealing with, like, a Chevy Malibu or, like, you know, an Uber XL, like, black car? Yeah. No, I thought it was, I thought it was an appropriate response. She was like, would you be down? And it's just, I think the other women are like, it's 10 (laughs) a.m. Right. Right. I know. Erica's like mentally in like a place of 3 a.m. And the rest of the women are like, we just like had a green juice. Like Rinna just visited Lois on the balcony as Lois flew by in bird form. Like we're not on the same page here. They were not. And so that's it's always (laughs) funny when like one person is so off. Kind of you're like, well, how did this come to be? Um, I know. Oh, my gosh. So Diana is up in the front of the boat and her and Garcelle and Sutton are talking and Garcelle is asking some questions to her. You know, like, do you have siblings? And it comes out that Diana had a brother who died during the war in Bosnia. And for a while, they didn't even know where his body was or what happened. And then later on, it was found like in a ditch and her father had to identify the body. So like an extremely painful, traumatic experience she is sharing. Mm -hmm. She's open. She's being more vulnerable with them. And I thought that Garcelle, I don't know, I would have wanted her to be like a little bit more like, oh, wow, I am so sorry that that happened. I didn't feel that from her. But it could be editing. And then Sutton's reaction is to share. She's trying to bond over having something similarly traumatic happen to her. But it's yeah. not landing in, to Diana. Because Diana's like, well, this is my moment. I'm sharing my thing. Can we talk about me? And the conversation shifts to Sutton and her father's suicide. Like, What did That's, you think of that? I think it's really tricky because I think I've maybe I'm suttoning right now by making it about myself but like as a reference point like I definitely think I've done the sudden thing where you're just like really trying to bomb with someone by being like oh you're being vulnerable I'll be vulnerable let's connect over being vulnerable so I think it was like well intended but I also completely understand where Di- like where Diana's coming from where it's like um we're not talking about that right now like I just opened up to you both for the first time you both who are already friends and I'm the new person in this group about this really traumatic experience like can we just hold space for it for a second like can you you know like ask follow-up questions just let it be about that instead of shifting the focus so like i maybe this is boring to say but i do understand both sides but i also see why diana was like okay fuck this i'm going swimming i totally see both sides particularly in the sudden versus diana with garcelle i just i'm wondering if it was just editing you know because this was probably a longer conversation and they chopped it up to the parts that really were like the core of the conversation but yeah, I could see if someone's always going back to themselves, you know, like Noella okay. was doing on the OC, always bringing up her divorce when other people were talking about their marital issues. Yeah, I mean, I, I am curious because we've also seen Garcelle be vulnerable herself on this show before. So I don't and I mean, maybe it's just because I'm like a Garcelle stan, but like, I don't see her as being someone that would just be like, okay, if someone opened up about that, like that would be very shocking to me. So I don't know. Right. I, I'm choosing to believe that it's an editing thing. 
I think just to keep the plot moving forward. I actually think most things are editing things where they they have to keep shorter bits and people are actually showing more humanity than is let on based on how it's edited across the board. I don't think it's just Garcelle. I think they can make all of them look that way. Um, but it was just kind of funny that Diana just got up and left and was like, I'd rather jump in this jellyfish invested waters than like <laughs> spend time with these women. I mean, that is a big fucking mood if I ever heard one. Right? And she got stung and then she's being treated by a medic and then she gets back in the water later. I mean, yeah, Diana's, she's a ballsy woman. I got to give it to her. I like, I am terrified of the ocean. So like, honestly, like looking back on this episode, we had someone swimming in the ocean, getting stung by a jellyfish. Then we have Erica like literally like blacked out, like on a boat that's in the ocean. I'm just, it was very anxiety inducing for me. Where like Erica would not be okay if she got in the water, which is scary. And then the thought of swimming in an ocean recreationally is just like not my bag. I'm very much a pool girly. I can't. Oh, I'm an ocean person. Uh, I mean, I know there's no better feeling than being just fully immersed in the ocean. Like I understand that, but I'm like, I'm like, busting into someone's house and some of the people who live in that house are uh dangerous creatures and i just i i can't mentally reconcile with it because i get too scared yeah no for sure i i i get it i get it um, i'm honestly jealous of you mandy that you can enjoy the ocean and have beautiful ocean kissed hair like that's the dream oh my hair is never beautiful when I, it's in the ocean i have dry hair so like the ocean dries it out w- way more and like bleaches oh it. no yeah so it's more i just love the ocean because i never grew up by it so every time i see it it feels like magic that's sweet every time i see it it's like i don't know something inside my soul just feels serene and complete and i'm that weirdo who goes to the beach and like spends more time in the water than sitting on land reading (laughs) oh i love that you know they like really do say that though from a spiritual perspective that being by like large bodies of water is like one of the most like spiritually cleansing things you can do so like i totally understand that I oh, I loved it. I'm going back to the Hamptons this summer. And oh my God. when I was there last summer, we saw a whale on our first day. And <gasps> I have never been more excited. I like ran towards it, obviously, like didn't jump in the water and it wasn't someplace I could swim to. But right. just like to see it and to, like, and it looked so happy. <laughs> it's just oh. kind of like gracing along by and spouting i was like this is insane there's a freaking whale right there and like my friend katie did not even lift her head she's like reading her southern living living magazine and was like oh okay (laughs) she's like that's why there's a majestic creature no but she's like i don't fuck with the ocean (laughs) see katie and i are aligned but i also love how excited you got that's so great also uh sorry sidebar no we're talking about beverly hills but um if you're in the hamptons are you gonna like try and find like Lindsay and Carl and all the kids, all the friends. Probably. I I know we're definitely going to go to a restaurant that Robert, Danielle's boyfriend, is a chef at. So (gasps) that's on the list. I love Robert and Danielle. If you met either or both of them, I would die. I'd be so excited. I think we may check out a Barry's boot camp. (laughs) (gasps) Yes. Right? Because we got to work out while we're there. And if that's the place to go that's the place to go last time we went to soul cycle and it was outdoors in this large tent and doing it outside was so fun if they made us go back into a studio i wouldn't do it but outside was it was there was like wind like breezing by it was on this barn and there were chickens walking through sick when you first said it i was like picturing blistering heat and i was like how could you do soul cycle in like a bajillion degree summer weather but that sounds lovely and like a really unique experience 75 80 it was definitely not Uh, like 90 degrees it was so so fun and everyone's like farther apart because it was that was back when people cared about covid um (laughs) so you had your space too because i don't like feeling crammed in a studio but it was it was great i love Oh my god, you hear those sirens? Oh my gosh. Hold the apocalypse. I cannot. It's like we'll see, but last time I heard this many sirens, it was January 6th. Fuck. Do you remember that um that TikTok audio that's like, do not leave your house? 
Do not go on the roads. Do you have you heard this sound? No. <laughs> find it. <laughs> you yeah, just send me stuff. I'm it. never on TikTok. I need this sound because it's literally it's like do not make treacherous journeys and like that's how I feel about you leaving your house today it's yeah yeah it just feels I don't know like a little bit awful awful unsettling like the beginning of the end right not the end of the end like the beginning of the end so yeah okay back to housewives (laughs) I can't <laughs> I can't hold space for abortion issues right now. I just No, too much. <sighs> okay. So, after the boat and throughout this whole episode, Sutton and Erica are kind of bonding. It's really unusual. They're chit-chatting. It's so interesting. Yeah. I find it fascinating to watch because I actually do think they have a lot in common. And when Erica points out that they have a lot in common and talks about their Southern upbringing and basically how both their moms are cold, (laughs) yes, don't show love. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that that shot they always get to of Sutton be like, you have to miss him. And her mom's like, I don't miss him about her dad. I'm just like, oh, that's heavy. That's so heavy. If my dad didn't miss my mom, like, and didn't acknowledge it, it would kill me. My parents, like, had been divorced for years by the time my mom passed away. And my dad, like, will still cry over her to this day and be like, I can't believe she's gone. Like, I just can't imagine a parent being like, no, like, that's so wild. And I honestly, I have to say, I do find that usually the people who trigger you the most are someone that you see part of yourself in, whether you want to admit that or not. So I found it actually really refreshing to see Sutton and Erica like connecting. Yeah. I also just hate the way Erica talks to Sutton when she's like, oh, it's a mutual thing. I like I hate the like creepy smiling and laughing while being a bitch. Like I don't like watching it. So honestly, this was a nice little like reprieve to watch. I love when she was like, is your ex-husband still single or like did he remarry? And then she's like, I'm not asking for myself. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was very funny. And then all of them talking about their ex-husbands. That was just a trip. I love uh, that. That's like, that's the kind of housewife shit that I love. It's like, yeah, let's bond over your like failed marriages to like very wealthy, like shitty men. Also, I have not watched Ultimate Girls Trip yet, but neither. I'm so fucking excited. I can't wait. Me too. I'm not looking forward to this whole like vaccine controversy thing making its way into Housewives. Because oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Vecchi is like against it. And Dorinda becomes like champion of public health and like shuts her down. Uh, but it's just there's enough of that in in the world. Like we don't need to watch that argument play out. On Housewives. God, it's like we've been having the same argument for like years now. And it's like, I think I think everyone's settled with their opinions on it. I don't need to hear everyone's takes. Like, I get it. Right. It's it's almost like, can you just pretend COVID isn't a thing? Just just please? Yeah. Just for right now? Give us the like- escapism. <laughs> yeah, just give us like an hour of just silly messiness that isn't about the horrors of our world. Yeah, for sure. I bet this one, because it's all ex-housewives, they're they want to put on a show, right? And they're yes. so much grittier and nastier and will mm-hmm. just cross boundaries that it'll be interesting to see how the audience reacts because I think some Housewives fans don't enjoy that. They're like, you went too far. That's actually not fun to watch for me. And then there's mm. other Housewives fans who are like, oh my God, she brought up like Taylor's husband's suicide. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they uh, love see, it. I'm one of... Yes, I'm one of those fucked up people. Like, to me, there's nothing more soothing than, like, a really fucked up cult documentary. And I don't know what that says about me. I'm not, like, proud of it. But, like, like the episode of Jersey, which, granted, I've fallen off of that one. But the episode of Jersey where, you know, Danielle pulled Margaret's ponytail and shoved shit in a candle, that's what I want to see. Okay. Okay. I like <laughs> the arg- like the verbal sparring. When it gets mm-hmm. physical, I'm like, this sucks. This isn't how people should behave. But when it's, like, hardcore verbal sparring, like... Atlanta when Ava and Marlo were going at it in the Sprinter van in Japan and it was just this argument that went on for like 15 minutes where there was just like she Ava read Marlo to filth and I'd never seen that happen I was laughing so hard and so soothed by it 
You love to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two grown women screaming at each other. Like... <laughs> Give me more, please. I know that's true. I guess it does sound fucked up that I'm like, I love when things get really dark. I guess... To me, there's a level of physical that's like, I don't know, I think it depends on like the context, but I just think Danielle is one of the most unhinged people in the world and watching her be unhinged like gives me great pleasure. That I think you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> you definitely aren't. So did you get great pleasure watching at their last dinner when Garcelle invites everyone to her birthday and then Rinna points out she can't make it. And and uh, Garcelle's like, oh, that's too bad because Denise was going to be there. <laughs> I do not like Rinna. I am not a Rinna fan at all. And I love that Garcelle isn't afraid to like poke at Rinna because she deserves it. I think she deserves and it too. And justice for Denise. Yes, for sure. But at the same time, it does seem like Denise lies about things too. And so mm-hmm. Rinna posted like the text that she sent Denise and the response that she got and the timeline completely matches up. So mm. I believe that those texts were sent and that sometimes Denise, maybe she's like texting so many people. She doesn't remember that kind of a thing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm not saying she's completely lied that Rinna right. didn't text her, but I don't know. I feel like they're almost like beating dead horse it's been multiple seasons that denise hasn't been on i don't think this needs to continue well i do think what they did to her was disgusting gosh when when any cast of any show like decides to like band together and like ostracize somebody it just like uh, as someone who's been bullied in my life i'm like this is very triggering i don't like it and it's like usually yeah the reason they're ostracizing the person like isn't even entirely fair like it's like the punishment doesn't seem like it fits the crime nine times out of ten in my opinion right and she's just not letting it go although i would be interested to see if denise actually shows up next week on Mm. camera with these women See, I would love that so much. I would love it too. Or if she shows up to a part of like when they're done filming, for example, at the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I will say too, uh, it's hard to go back to this because I didn't realize that that happened where, where Rinna posted receipts of her texting Denise. But I will say as much as I dislike Rinna, she is one of the messiest people on the planet. But I got to give it to her. It is smart to keep receipts. I think she's like, I know I'm messy, but I'm going to have the receipts to to back up some of the shit that I'm saying. And I got to give her I got to give her some kudos for that. Yeah, she to her. posted it after watching the episode. And I was like, mm-hmm. OK, I believe you. It was like October 2nd or something. And this is being filmed, I think, in November, December timeline. And mm-hmm. so when she said like a month or so ago, like that lines up. Yeah, that does make sense. That tracks. Oh, man. So, okay. (laughs) Then what I loved is Garcelle is getting really confident in her messiness Mm -hmm. at this point. Which I love. It's so fun because I think part of Rinna is like, how dare you? That's my job. And Garcelle's like, well, I will give you storyline about my personal life and I will mess everything up which is bringing so much more than just Rinna. We don't know anything that's going on in her life other than Harry Hamlin ended up saying or ended up taking a job for the Hulu show, The Hot Zone and playing Tom Broca, right? Like that's the only personal thing we have heard about her, period. She's not talking about Delilah Bell and her, what she, didn't she overdose? that but yeah that's the thing rena wants to show us the highlight reel but we don't get the messiness and i know that there's like i definitely think like using your kids for a storyline is like an ethical boundary that i don't think i would cross but it's like it's for someone who comes at people so much about not being real and not showing up and not putting it all out there i don't really feel like she does if that makes sense no i do too i think hey why not bring this up that this was happening or acknowledge it? I can understand if the daughter's like, I want nothing to do with this show and I don't want you to showcase me at all. Right. Fine. But then don't keep bringing up other people's crap. Right. Exactly. It's such a double standard. Such a double standard. Did Um, I tell you I saw Harry Hamlin once at the grocery store and I like freaked out. I wanted to be like, are you (laughs) getting the ingredients for your famous pasta sauce? But I didn't. But I was like, oh my God. 
Yes, exactly. I'm like, okay, so do I live near them? And now I'm like, how close? Not that I would like go to their house. I'm not like a psycho, but I am like, but like, how close do I live to Lucy Lane and Harry Hamlin? I kind of want to know. I would actually probably go up to him at the grocery store if he was in the aisle where it was clear that he was getting ingredients for bolognese for like something right? Italian and be like, okay, I got to know, like, what's in the bolognese? Like, why is it yeah. so special? I feel like he would like it based on the kind of personality he's shown us over the years. I feel like he would welcome someone talking about that. I I would really hope so. I mean, like, I, I really enjoy Harry Hamlin, but he also loves Lisa Renna. So like, I don't know, like, I'm he's so mysterious to me. But I agree. I mean, that would be a cute conversation. Like if he took it well, that would be like the most iconic, like, celebrity encounter of all time. Do people not take it well when you come up and talk to them casually? Yeah, no, most, I mean, I will say like, people I've seen in the wild. Um, if it's if it was someone I was waiting on at a restaurant that I like, hugely respected, um, who had kind of a niche following and wasn't like, you know, super duper famous, but someone that I had a lot of respect for. My move was I would wait until like after the bill was signed and I could walk away from the table and they never had to talk to me again to just be like, hey, I just want you know, I like really love your work. And then I would fuck off. But going up to someone in the wild can be it can backfire. Like I once saw an influencer in the wild and I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a fan. And she did not seem down. And I was like, well, that sucks. Oh, yeah. I probably wouldn't come up to someone and say I'm a fan. But if I had... I don't know. I guess it's it's hard to imagine what it must be like to have people know you and want to talk to you everywhere. But if I had a niche question, like if I yeah, saw Crystal point. or yes. Rob Binkoff in the wild, yeah. I have a very niche question for them. I wouldn't bring up Real Housewives Beverly Hills, nothing like that. I want to know, do your children play the Jewish version of Mahjan or the Chinese version of Mahjan? And do they That's know both? That's a great both? question. Right? both also tbh didn't know there was a jewish version so you know you learn something new every day but that's a very thoughtful question that's different than just like drooling over a famous person so i do think in general that's received better than just like hi oh my god i'm a stranger and i love you like that's that has to be kind of overwhelming no i wouldn't do that that would that would be creepy but if i had like an actual question (laughs) and it was at a place where i felt like they'd be receptive not when they're having a private dinner not when they're doing something with children but if I just like saw them at a cocktail party, you know, right. that's the question I want to know. At the farmer's market and you're like looking at produce and you're like, by the way. Yeah. Just gotta wondering, know. you know, <laughs> and under your breath, like I'm not going to draw attention, but wink, wink. That's the vibe. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't they, They're people too. I also think people give up energy and you can tell if they don't want yes. anyone to talk to them. And I never cross that, you know? Totally. I think we're just sorry to harp on this, but with this particular influencer, there's someone who's always like, I love people who follow me. Everyone say hi. I love my fans. They're the best. So I was like, well, when that's what you say, you make us think that we can just say hi to you and it's gonna be fine. And if you're turned off by it, it's like, now I feel bamboozled. Now I feel like you're fake. And that's just a whole influencer conversation. That's entirely different than someone who actually, you know, like has done work in this industry and also is on an iconic reality TV show. To me, it's different. Not to shame influencers. You know what I mean. Oh, I think a lot of influencers are fake. They put on this whole persona of a type. They show you a sliver of their personality and make you think that it's their whole personality. And as someone who used to be friends with a high-level influencer, I know Mm. that they carefully cultivate exactly what they show and what they don't show on all of their channels. And mm-hmm. I mean, the person I knew ate meat, but never would show herself cooking meat <gasps> because, oh, yeah, because like, she, what if there's people who are vegetarian who get like, super upset, or if she had something that was leather, that was made out of leather, when you have a million followers, people will harp on the littlest things, right? And so she Exhausting never wanted to, to live. comment on anything that was controversial, or controversial in parenting too and it's like oh god like you're just putting out this whitewashed version of yourself the sanitized version it's weird i think so exhausting i agree and it's also yeah i mean it's not sustainable because if it's not an authentic version of yourself and honestly we can like tie this into housewives too if it's not an authentic version of yourself audiences are really audiences are really smart and if they follow you closely like they will see through those cracks and like put two and two together 
And that's when people get mad. Not when you're honest from day one and they don't necessarily agree with you. It's when you pretend to be something and they cultivate this like relationship with you through like social media and the show, whatever. And then they feel like it was a bait and switch. I think that's when people get more pissed, you know? That's how I and feel honestly, about Erica. Exactly. And it also all comes full circle. I just want to say about this influencer you're referencing because look, you were the Diana Jenkins. You said, Sutton, you're not a vegetarian. You eat meat. <laughs> he said, I see it right in front of my eyes. You don't have to post it on social, but I know you're doing it. You're a liar. It's just if you care so much about what every single person thinks, you're not the right person to do that job because you no. can't. You're putting yourself out there and it, you rely on engagement from people who watch and your people get upset about little things because it's a big thing to them and they project it onto you because we don't have normal ways of communicating with each other anymore <laughs> as human beings. A thousand percent, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so kind of to wrap things up, what are you most excited to see the rest of the season? I honestly like feel like such a dum-dum. And, uh, you know, to, to again, bring it full circle, I, I'm bad at watching TV, so I don't even remember, like, what's coming up this season necessarily. But I will say... Um, I just, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most is just, I want to see like Kyle and Rinna pulled into mess because I feel like they're kind of the ones leading the charge a lot of the time who get to like make the decisions. And I kind of just want to see them on the receiving end of the shit that they've put people through. And I know it's a hot take because a lot of people like Kyle, but I think she starts a lot of shit for a lot of people because she doesn't want to be embroiled in anything. I mean, it's it's very true. Did you hear that Mauricio and her kids and her were offered a Netflix series? <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're trying to be the Kardashians. No, like it's it. a real estate one. It's like instead of selling Sunset, it's like buying Beverly Hills or something like that. <laughs> God, I'm exhausted. I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, you're like looking forward to it. I, yeah, I don't know. Netflix reality shows, and this is a hot take and definitely like not a criticism of anyone who loves them. I just can't get into them the way I did with Bravo, like historically. I don't view them as like ones to get into the way with Bravo. It's more of like, it's like taking an extended release Xanax. Okay, not 100%. my version, but like an extended yeah. release, uh, you know, some sort of anti-anxiety. Watching Selling Sunset episode after episode after episode puts me in a trance-like state where I just don't care about anything, and it's the best feeling. It's like, let's turn out the lights, get out our coziest weighted blanket, let's like light our nice candle, and just fucking go for like an entire Saturday. Like, that is peak self-care. Yes. Yes, it feels so good where like the biggest issue is, will this person sell this house or will the broker get mad at them? I don't know. It's like so dumb. Where are you going to sit in the office yes. now that this new person is here? <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's also because like, you know, it these reality TV does offer like for watching and this is, you know, going back to that debate of like, what belongs on reality TV and what's too dark for reality TV. I will say Selling Sunset and like those Netflix reality shows, I think are great because they don't get that dark. And to your point, it is like peak comfort viewing because there's so much scary shit going on in the world right now. And you can literally just like pretend that the most important thing is like where someone's going to sit at the Oppenheim office. Oh, and and for that afternoon, it is the most important thing to me. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're like, okay, wow, the stakes are the stakes are high. This is pretty important. Oh, my gosh. We love to see it. Hannah, thank you so much for joining. Before we kind of wrap everything up, can you do your best Lala Kent impression? Because and Lisa Barlow, because I am obsessed with both of those impressions that you do. Oh, my God. Yes. But like, what should we have Lala talking about? Like, what should Uh, she say? The song. Her songs. Wait, which the oh like when she's singing yeah that one or and also maybe talking about like um her baby ocean okay i have a little girl a beautiful little girl that i have to worry about so my man rand i don't want to be anywhere near him he who shall not be named i don't want to be anywhere <laughs> near him i feel like it's, it could be better but then her singing is always like in the body i'm feeling like i'm feeling you like i'm feeling you <laughs> What was that? This is like fucked up. But when she was like, this is a song I wrote for my dad. And it was like the like sexiest song of all time. And I was like, oh, Lala, 
this is why this is why we like watching you you know <laughs> not something i would do but like seriously so she's like in a bodysuit like gyrating it's like you go girl um <laughs> god i feel like my lala's gotten worse though i will sometimes listen to her podcast because i just want to know what's going on but i haven't like followed her religiously if that makes sense yeah, no, I just but I hope that I hope so it funny. delivered. I what hope about my impression delivered. Lisa Barlow. Lisa Barlow, I could do in my sleep because I honestly consider us to be like twin flames. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Um, hi, um, can I get a Diet Coke from McDonald's? And then I'm gonna go Chick Fil A and get like a like chicken sandwich with like extra ranch. And then I'm gonna go with like a bag of like Tostitos. And then I'm gonna like hang out with my son to like work on their business um i don't know what else should i say <laughs> oh my god it's so good oh say jennifer shaw i love her jennifer Jen- shaw. She, always, she always says Jen, Jen shaw. Shaw. shaw it's it's so funny can you do a meredith where it's like you don't say all of your words you're like tongue and cheek are kind of like stuck together yeah, there's like peanut butter stuck in your mouth at yeah all times. when um, she was like jennifer shaw <laughs> Wow, that was really good, Mandy. That was incredible. I've never tried Meredith because the way she talks is so fucking weird. And I, I will try this right now live with you and the listeners hearing this. But I feel like it's going to devolve into like Christopher Walken. And I just want to preemptively say that. Um, like, uh, fuck, what does Meredith talk about? What, what's something she would say? Um, don't mess with my family. Oh, yeah. Don't mess with my family. Don't mess with Brooks. Don't mess with my daughter. Don't mess with my son. I'm in a very good place in my life and I don't need this kind of drama in my life. See, now it's getting like Jersey. But it's like, good. Like the, 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 I don't, you know, need this in my life sort of a thing. I don't, yeah. you know, it's like when she says like, I'm not beholden to Jennifer Shaw. Like she, like That's she can't so good, say Nancy. it. It's like, she's not yeah. fully talking. That was brilliant. Honestly, I'm taking notes. That was unreal. <laughs> She's the only one because I that I feel like I can semi imitate just because it's like her not saying words. It's like she's speaking, it's, but she's swallowing half of them. Yes, it's so interesting. It it does literally sound like it's like the consonants are never sharp, and the and yeah, it sounds like there's always like something like her mouth is like a little bit slack, and there's like something stuck in her mouth like peanut butter maybe an extended release xanax (laughs) honestly full circle moment um it was probably yeah she's in a place of extended release xanax oh my god thank you so much for joining this is so much it's always so fun to chat with you you are such a delight to tell everyone where they can find you on tiktok where they can catch you like what projects you're working on all that stuff Oh my gosh, Mandy, thank you so much for having me. I love you so much. And it's always such a blast. And I'm just so honored that you asked me back. So thank you. Um, and as far as following me goes, y'all can follow me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram. And uh, what is it? Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter. Haven't done this in a while. Uh, Hannah A. Brown zero on TikTok. I have a Gossip Girl podcast that I co-host with my dear friend, Tyler Meredith. That's um, called You Know You Love Us. And honestly, we're doing it kind of irregularly right now just because shit's really busy. But if you feel like popping in and checking that out go for it and uh as far as projects i'm like writing a rom-com so just let's all manifest collectively that that actually gets finished and happens in like five years yes rom-com manifesting manifesting your rom-com oh love it (laughs) love it thank you keep live laugh loving in la oh my gosh mandy and i'll let you know when i'm there next please do and i hope you have the best time in the hamptons i have to hear all about it Uh. I will be be searching for <laughs> summer house people. <laughs> yes, give us the listeners the scoop. Like we need to know. Actually, last year my friend figured out where Ramona lived and where Luann lived, and we did little <gasps> drive-bys. With Luann, she lives on like a very busy block, so it was not weird at all. With the Ramona, it was much more in sort of a private community. <laughs> but we also <laughs> were lost at the time trying to find the soul cycle. And so when we were trying to do that, my friend was like, I really think Ramona lives around here. Like I think she lives and then we just like went a few more blocks and yeah we were yeah it was a gorgeous gorgeous house and everyone outside in that like community is like standing around in tennis skirts looking like they just finished playing tennis it was wow like a blast that really happened it really felt like season one roni like where they're arguing over who's like better at tennis 
God. Wow. That's amazing. And I, I love would that you had that experience. Never actually stop or go in or tell anyone what these places are. I know of it's course. super creepy. I only went because I didn't think they would be there. Totally. Also, though, like the fact that it's a big, beautiful house, like Ramona doesn't deserve it. And I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Luann's house is so cute. It's like right off the main area in Sag Harbor. Ugh, you would like I, run I, into like, it and recognize it. I miss Luann's like chic little cottage on the water that she like moved out of. The one where they had a fight when Bethany first came back and Ramona like forbade Sonia from going to breakfast at Bethany's. I liked that house the most. But I, wow, I love this. <laughs> love this okay, well, we will talk soon and have a great rest of your day. Oh my God, thank you. And thank you listeners. Bye. 